My name is Catalina del Carmen, and I'm on a mission to put more cash in the hands of women of color. I'm a wife, mom, amiga, prima, and I happen to run a multiple six-figure coaching business. On this show, I share sales and marketing strategies that keep your business simple, your mindset focused, your bank account big, and your impact even bigger. So if you are on a mission to create generational change and you want to make a lot of money doing it, welcome to the Latinas Booked Out Podcast. What is up, y'all? Welcome back to Latinas Booked Out Podcast. I hope you are having a wonderful, wonderful week. I am currently on maternity leave. I am taking a little bit over a month off of my business completely, and I am spending time with my little baby newborn and just soaking up all the goodness of of giving birth to my second little baby boy. Um, so that's that's where I'm at, okay? <laughs> but I did record some episodes before I went on maternity leave, and one of the episodes that I created was this one. So I'm really pumped about today's episode because I asked my good friend, my business bestie, Erica Cruz, to be on today's show to talk about into intuition. She is someone who is so aligned with what she wants to do in her business. And we have a lot of business conversations. We talk in detail about our goals and our challenges and all changes we're making in our business. And I just have always known her to be someone who is so aligned with her intuition. She has helped me understand my intuition at such a deeper level. And on today's episode, I really wanted to have a very raw conversation of like, how do you trust your intuition? How do you learn to trust yourself at new levels? And she is just sharing so many tips on how to do that. And what I love about this episode and I love about what she shares is she's giving actionable items, like actual things to do. So you are going to love this episode. So if you don't know who Erica Cruz is, Erica Cruz is a Latina life coach. She's a speaker. She's an influencer, TikToker, and she is just overall amazing human being. She's also the creator of Courage Driven Latina, a group program that is aimed at Latinas and first-gen folks who are committed to really stepping in to their courage and taking action in their life. So Courage Driven Latina is a group program. It's 90 days long, three months long. And in that three months, she challenges every single person in that group to take action on their courage project. So their courage project is something that they want to do that they haven't taken action on. They've been procrastinating on. They know they want to do it. Sometimes it's starting a side hustle. Sometimes it's showing up on social media. Sometimes it's getting a new job or a promotion or whatever the case is. There's no right way about it, but something that takes an immense amount of courage. And that's the whole point of this program. So You're going to learn a lot about her on today's episode, but if you already know who she is and you already have thought about being a part of Courage Driven Latina, I want to remind you 
that enrollment opens on September 6th for the waitlist. So if this is something that you've been wanting to do, make sure to get on the waitlist. You can find her at the Erica Cruz on Instagram and in the show notes as well. And then the on the September 13th, 2022, the enrollment opens to the public. She's amazing. This program is amazing. I've seen so many people through this program. I've I've watched them grow and elevate and I just I am just so excited for her and where she's taking this program because it's it's really really evolved. So, anyways, if you want to learn more about how to trust your intuition, let's get into today's episode. What is up, y'all? Welcome back to Latinas Booked Out Podcast. I am so excited about today's episode because I have my good friend, this power fucking house Latina, who not only has been a great friend to me, but we've been on this business journey together for a long, long time. I'm sure you already know who who the hell I'm talking about, Um, but it is the one and only Erica Cruz. Hi! Hello! Thanks for having me. How are you? I am phenomenal. I, oh. I am. <laughs> How are you? I am pregnant. You know this. My clients know this. I feel like I complain about it more than anything, but it's coming to time. So I'm going to meet baby boy real soon. And I'm excited about that. We're also excited. So today I want to talk about trusting your intuition and making decisions in your business. Um, the reason I wanted to talk to you about this is because one, uh, we've been on this journey kind of together of growing our business. Uh, we've been so fortunate to literally grow our businesses to multiple six figures, basically together. It's what kind of wild the way it turned out, but basically together. And I have been like, I have been able to actually witness so met so much of the decision making that you made in your business and i'd say for the listeners like in the beginning of our friendship um by the way if you want like the whole background on our friendship make sure to go to erica's podcast it's called chingona revolution i actually don't have the full episode i'm trying to think of the number in front of me i think it's Episode 13 of Chingona Revolution. I'm on her podcast and we talk about our business journeys in detail. I don't want to take too much time talking about our business journeys because that episode did it so well. But we basically grew our businesses together. And why I wanted to talk about trusting your intuition with you is because I really, I remember closely having conversations for both of us about like picking our niches and like, what 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 are we going to do in this coaching space and i remember vividly where you we had this conversation and you're like i don't know if i'm like yoga specific or wellness like i feel like it's wellness but wellness is so broad and like i just remember so much of the um evolution of your business along obviously i know my business as well um but one thing you've always been so good at at least in my eyes is really trusting your intuition and you've gotten obviously better and better and better and better and better 
But I wanted to ask you a ton of questions about what that looks like for you and how you have been able to learn how to trust yourself, not only from the beginning of your business, but also now when you're making like bigger business decisions and the decisions are like much more, I don't want to say serious, but you know, they're bigger dollar (laughs) decisions. And I wanted to talk to you about that. Second, one more thing is Erica has been, I think one of the things I've learned from Erica the most, especially in the beginning of my journey, she really introduced journaling to me. I don't think I ever, I mean, I journaled a little bit in like middle school, maybe in high school, like a tiny, tiny bit. But I remember Erica talking about journaling so much and she would, she would tell me like when I was spinning out and I would talk to her, she would be telling me like, you should really write this down. Like you should think this through, like just write down your thoughts and do this. Da, da, da. And um, she also talked about it in her con- on her, in her content. And I really took those tips personally. And she's really the person that like helped me started help me start journaling in general, which I believe had so much to do with my business growth. And you're just a pro at that. Like for me, in my eyes, you're like the pro when it comes to like understanding your mind more under, um, you, you, I think it's just the way you've talked about wellness is so holistic. And I feel like I want to make sure my, my clients, my audience really learn that from you and a little pieces of that today. So anyways, that was a lot of me talking, but that's what I want to ask you about today. So my first kind of question for you is, this is going to be a very blanket statement, but we'll, we'll get into it. How do you learn how to trust your intuition? <laughs> yeah. So thank you for that. As you were talking, I was like, oh man, this is already like, we could have a whole podcast just on that one statement you said right at the beginning, because there was so much yeah, that I, that I wanted to talk about. So I mean, there you, okay. You're not going to like this answer. Your listeners are not going to like this answer. You have to fuck up. You have to not listen to your intuition in order to see that you didn't listen to your intuition. <laughs> You're going to make mistakes. It's going to happen. Yeah. Like I ended up engaged to the wrong person because I was ignoring my intuition. And it got to the point where I literally had like migraines and like wasn't sleeping at night when I was engaged. And then I was like, maybe this is my intuition talking to me. (laughs) But it wasn't that obvious because we aren't really taught to listen to our intuition. I think especially culturally where we're taught, you know, like work hard, keep your head down. We're taught to essentially ignore the signs and signals that our body would normally give us. But I've gotten now to a point. So, okay, let me take a step back. When I was engaged, I was so bad at listening to my intuition. I was like just making pros and cons lists. I was literally polling everyone on what they think I should do. I was not like, I was just distracting myself. I would, you know, do things that were good for me. Like I'd go work out, I'd hang out with friends, but I was distracting, which distraction is the enemy to intuition. There's actually a new, um, I sent you the Londrell album. There's a song in that new album called Sel- the, the, the album itself is called Self Heal, but there's a song called Solitude. And that is such a good song because our intuition is a whisper. It is not very loud. And if you are always distracting or always around people or always doing things that are going to distract you, you're not going to know 
what your intuition is saying to you because your intuition is a whisper. So spending time alone, journaling, meditating, literally isolating yourself from people that you don't want to be like, all of that is going to help you tap into your intuition further. And I have like some actionable tips. Do you want me to get into those? Or do you want me to talk a little bit about like, No, I mean, you could, you can get into whatever you'd like, but let me ask you a question on the distraction piece. I think that is so freaking good because that is so true. Like when you're spinning out, right? Like when you're, and here's the thing is like, sometimes it's one decision you need to make. And sometimes you're just like deciding to live in overwhelm, like, like literally the tiniest decisions in the world you're making bigger and bigger. I see this a lot in marketing. And like creating content for sure. And it's, um, and I think this is actually a great question for you too, because you are like the content queen and you, you've, you're so great at content, but like, how do you know, like, and we'll get into deeper into intuition, but I'm curious how you've evolved to like, what's the difference between living in overwhelm and spinning out, especially when you see this with your clients, when you're just like, you're making the smallest decisions a bigger deal than they are versus like kind of a bigger decision, right? Like what type of coaching program am I going to create or what's my niche going to be or like whatever versus should I post this? I don't know. I don't know. And then like, like living in this place of kind of like what you said, distraction and overwhelm and spinning out and like almost like freezing. Like what would you say are like the, the advice you'd give for people who are like, in that place where like they're almost not taking any action versus the intuition you need to tap into for making the bigger decisions. Does that make sense? Totally. Yeah. And whenever, and I, obviously my clients spin out all the time, I spin out all the time, but my, (laughs) my reaction or my response, whenever I notice that they are spinning about, about spinning out about something that's actually not a big deal, I say to them, you're just distracting. This is just a distraction. And I think you know, uh, people aren't going to like this either, but the truth is that there is no right or wrong decisions. There are only decisions. Like what would you do if you knew that you couldn't mess up? If you couldn't mess it up, what decision would you make? That's like a great question to ask yourself because the truth is you can, let's say you, even if it is like the type of coaching program that you make, right? Let's say you make a decision, you go forward with it, and then it no longer feels intuitively correct for you. It no longer feels in alignment. You can go create a new program you can change your mind. Like you, you, it's not like you lost all that experience from creating the initial program. So to go back to your original question, when my clients are spinning about spinning out about things that actually don't really aren't going to make a big impact or aren't really a big decision, I straight up call them out and say, you are just distracting. And I give them two options, make a decision and be happy with it, or don't decide and move on. And like when you told me what I love, I also have to point out, look how far along we've come that you literally gave me the podcast title or what this theme was going to be like 20 minutes before the episode. And I was like, cool. (laughs) We used to like spin out about this and like, wait, I need to know so I can like journal. (laughs) So when you told me 20 minutes ago or 20 minutes before the episode, when you told me what it was, I, my initial thought process was, ooh, we for sure need to talk about niches or niching down 
because that's something that people overthink so much. But the reality is it's one of those things you don't even have to make a decision on because your audience is going to tell you what it should be. Like, remember how hung up I was on yoga? And then I, well, when we met, I I think I was still baking, but then I like, you know, the pandemic happened and then I was a yoga instructor and I was like, I think it's going to be yoga. And then I like started giving more life advice because the yoga studios closed. And then it all like it, the, the universe, God kind of led me to where I was going. And my audience was telling me, remember people started asking me on my first little webinar. I didn't even know what I was doing. I called it a workshop and they were like, do you do one-on-one? And I was, I never even got back to the person. Cause I was so scared. I was like, how do I even do this? But my audience told me. So like when it comes to your purpose, when it comes to your niche, when it comes to these things, you don't have to make a decision on that. You literally just have to enjoy the journey and explore because imagine if we were just born into this world and we literally got a stamp on our forehead and it said, yep, this is what your niche is going to be. This is what your purpose is going to be. Get in line. No, like the fun is trying things out. The fun is in the exploratory phase of what did I like about this? And for you, it's like, what did you like about fashion blogging? What did you like about doing YouTube? What did you like about all these other things that you can then bring to what you're doing now. A thousand percent. What's so funny too is originally I was like, we should talk about niches because that was like, I remember these conversations between us in the beginning of our journey. I think I was like, I was so, I was like a podcast coach or I don't know what the hell I called myself at that time. And I remember you talking about wellness and you wanted, like you're, you had this desire to drill it down even more. But then you're like, well, I don't want to be too much this or too much that. And a hundred percent. I mean, I say this to my clients as well is like, especially if you're, if you're under like 50 K or a hundred K in your business, like this is the time where you have so much effing freedom. Look, you have the freedom after it's just going to be a little, you know, it could be a little bit more confusing when you have an audience and you've established brand. But in the beginning of your business, like I would personally say under 100K or under 70K, I you really have such freedom and like you don't need a niche. And that's like you just said, that's, an ad- that's a decision in itself. Having your back is what you have to learn how to do when once you make that decision. Like you also said, like it, it, there's no right or wrong you can do, especially in your business. This isn't fucking corporate. Like no one's going to fire you if you mess up or if you whatever, like the only, I mean, you used to call yourself, I I, I don't know if you still do, but self-discovery coach. Like I remember, and that was such a good title because I was like, yeah, that is the progress of like really what you'd still do now is helping people discover like, what is it? What's my niche? What's my purpose? What's the next thing that's going to help me get to the next level of my life or my business or whatever that looks like. And that's so freaking good. And I just want to hone in one more time. I know I already said this and you said it a thousand times, but distraction, If you are hesitating and letting yourself live in this like energy of indecisiveness, I love what Erica said. Like you have to just recognize you're distracting. You don't want to make the decision and distracting is a much safer place. It's a much, and I say safer with a grain of salt, but like it's a, why it's safe is because you don't have to take the brave action. And this is what Erica talks about all the time time in her content. It's what literally what her um, signature program is about, <laughs> Courage Driven Latinas. But she's 
always talking about taking brave action and the opposite of taking brave action is distracting yourself from making the decisions that you have to make. Ah, so, so, so good. Okay. So let's talk about that was really well said, by the way. <laughs> I'm like, I'm over here like clapping. Yeah, well, I was, was the same with well you. Said. You're like going and I'm like, yes, snap, snap. <laughs> that was so good. So let's talk about the tips that you you wanted to share. But I'll start with like one of them that um, I've heard you talk about. How do you physically like how what how do you like how does Erica make like when you are trying to make a decision and really tap into your intuition? Like, are there things that you do? What do you do to like really hear that whisper that you were talking about? Yeah. And the truth is we're all different. So this is why I said at the beginning, you have to first go through experiences where you ignore your intuition to realize, oh, I actually knew that. And to be able to identify what it is that your thing is. So some people... If, if you're like into human designs, um, human design is nothing more than your energetic blueprint. So it takes into consideration like quantum physics, astrology, all these other things. But some people literally feel it in their gut. So you know how like that advice of like trust your gut? Some people actually feel it in their gut. And when it's a no, they feel like they got punched. They feel nauseous. They feel like they want to throw up. And when it's a yes, they feel like butterflies in their stomach and kind of like you're about to get on a roller coaster. I don't feel that way. I'm not that I'm you and I are both projectors and I think we're both splenic projectors, which I mean, you don't have to go look into human design. Like I think it just listen to your own physical body. So your physical body and your nervous system, they're always giving you like feedback. They're always talking to you and it's different for everyone. So you have to be aware of what works for you. So for me, I don't sleep at night. Like as soon as I start having trouble sleeping and I'm tossing and turning, I'm like, something's not right. I'm not in alignment here. My intuition is trying to tell me something and I'm not paying attention. So besides the the physical body, because remember, our mind and body are so connected. So if you're suddenly like nauseous or constipated or can't sleep well, like all of these are signs and some people will feel it in their shoulders. Like I mentioned, some people will feel it in their gut. So the, the first tip is listen to your body. The second one, no surprise, journal. So journaling allows you to take your thoughts and put them onto something that you can see. In other words, it's it's one of the best forms of mindfulness because you have no choice but to observe your thoughts. And you know, when we're just like, not even really aware of our thoughts, we're just spinning out and going in circles and playing the scenarios over in our head. And like, we don't really get to a solution because it's just in our mind. But the moment you start to write about it and you get to see, you're not going to write the same thing over and over. So you're just naturally leading yourself to finding a solution through there. So some of the questions that I have people journal about if they are struggling is, if failure was not an option, what decision would I make? And that will lead you to the most courageous decision because, and we could get into this after I give my tips, but one of the common questions I get is like, how do I know the difference between my intuition and fear? How do I know when my intuition is telling me not to do something and when I'm just scared? And I'll get into that after, after the tips. Um, so another question that you can journal about is how would I feel if I made decision A? And then how would I feel if I made decision B? Another thing that I absolutely love to do is just spending time alone, either in your room or going out in nature. So because our intuition is so quiet, spending time alone or in nature will really help with regulating your nervous system and allow you to listen to that inner whisper. The fourth tip I have is speak to someone you trust. 
and somebody who is living the life you want. If your mom is over there triggering the hell out of you, please do not go talk to your mom about your business unless she's also a business owner that you look up to, right? So this is why you and I, Kat, will reach out to one another. Like there's certain things I can't talk to certain people about, not because they don't have my best interest in mind, just because they are not in the space. Like you have to talk to people who are already living the life that you want to live. Like I would go to my mom for, hey mom, how do we make this recipe, right? Because she's an expert in that. But I wouldn't go to her like, hey, I'm thinking about making this like $15,000 investment in my business. What do you think? Like she's going to be like, no, are you crazy? So um, can I add something there? I think this is so important too for anybody who's like married. This includes your partner. Like if your partner, even if your partner is running a business, I personally feel like I like as I've grown as an entrepreneur, I've learned so much about my relationship with my husband that like, it's funny the the longer and more mature I become an, as I grow as an entrepreneur, the less and less I actually talk to him about my business because I have in the beginning, I like desired all this support. And now I just want him to like be my husband and like support me and like be the shoulder to cry on if I need it. Right. And like take on that role. But like when I'm making decisions and sometimes I will go to him for like very specific advice, but it'll be very specific and likely it won't be a make or break um, business decision. Like I go to him for like the names of things and like kind of like funner things. But I I just wanted to like mention that specifically for like partners too. I think in the beginning of your business, if you have a partner or a husband or like a long-term whatever, like we they're such a deep part of our life that like we think we could go to them and like of course they'll give us the best advice of course they'll have their best interest at heart but at the end of the day like if they don't if they're not if they don't understand your world if they're not living and doing the things that you want to do like you just said like your partner is also not a good option i i would i would second that a hundred percent i'm so glad that you brought that up yes i think that's so so important And then the last tip that I have, and this one is probably my favorite tip. Actually, can we do something? So if people are driving, like, please wait until you're not driving for this. But can I just like lead you through a like guided visualization for this last tip? I've Uh, never done this even on mine. (laughs) I should probably do it on my my Please. So like, so tell us, like walk us through what should we think about? So the tip is ask your future self or your higher self what you should do. And this, like, this is my favorite tip because so, and you know, you could do this with your eyes open, but if you're not driving, um, and if you're sitting somewhere or can sit somewhere, like sit down and close your eyes and just like take a few deep breaths and feel like your glutes sitting down on whatever chair you're on just to feel grounded and supported and take in one more breath. Let it go through your mouth. Okay, so I want you to imagine that you are walking into a super cute cafe, very Instagrammable cafe. You walk in, the people from the cafe already have your drink ready, so it's there on the counter, and you walk up, you pick it up, you take a sip, and it tastes amazing. So whatever your jam is, if you're a green tea latte type of person, if you're a double shot of espresso person, whatever that is, take a sip and sit down. So you're sitting at this little table that is extremely cute. There's plants all around. And this is a table with two seats. 
So you sit on one and then somebody comes through the door. And that person that comes through the door is your future self, your higher self. So think like the $100,000 version of you, the most confident version of you, the million dollar version of you, like whatever it is that you're striving for, that version of yourself walks into the cafe, sits right in front of you and says, okay, Erica, okay, Kat, okay, whatever your name is, what decision are we currently struggling with? Tell me all about it. So you tell your higher self, your future self, your million dollar self, whatever you're struggling with, and then shut up and let her tell you what she thinks. Feel free to pause this episode so you can fully listen and take another deep breath and let it go. Exhaling through your mouth. And when you're ready, you can open your eyes. So welcome. <clears throat> Whoa. <laughs> so welcome back. Don't know what just happened there. And yeah, so you're like pretty much outsourcing the decision making to like the most confident version of yourself, to your million dollar self. And sometimes just closing your eyes and imagining that that ideal version of you is right in front of you, outsource the decision to her. She's never going to make the wrong decision. I love this so much. I could like cry thinking about, like I really envisioned, I was thinking about like my million dollar self. I was thinking about what she was wearing. Was she wearing heels? Was she wearing sneakers? What kind of bag does she have? Yes. What like, and then I, when I picture her in front of me and that like, I I was asking her the questions that like are challenging me right now. Um, The amount of love and empathy and just like comfort that she gave me, like such permission that like, I'm going to be okay regardless of the decision, like this is a part of the journey. And the whole goal is just to learn how to trust yourself. It was just so comforting that like, I'm safe, like I'm safe with my higher self or whatever you want to call it. Like the, the, the folks listening to this, like you could call it your higher self, you could call it your future self, your million dollar self, whatever. But like that person, I I like to think about this too, Erica, that like, we used to dream, you and me, about this version of us. Yeah. Right now. And what I notice, and as we've grown in our businesses, as we've grown as entrepreneurs, as people, the honest reality is that the person who created this version of us was that version. Like she, like the person sitting across from that million dollar self or that six figure self Like you're the making of it and you don't even know if you're in the fucking middle. Like you could be right in the smack dead middle of it. It feels so far. But the truth is that like, it's actually not that far. And like the girl who, who made it to your first sale, right? Like I remember I just wanted like one sale that was like four figures, like my thousand dollar sale. And like the person who made that thousand dollar sale happen was the person who was so like insecure and unsure and blah, blah, blah. And like, it's just amazing that like these imperfect versions of ourselves or what we think is imperfect, that is what makes the higher self. Like that's, that's the journey. 
Yes. Yes. That was so, so well said. And when I take my clients through this, I've only ever done it live. I actually am thinking it's something I'm going to add to to my curriculum that people can go to when they're struggling because indecision, I think is something that culturally Latinas are just like, my mom is super indecisive. She can't even decide what to wear for things. Like she makes everything such a big deal. I feel like a lot of it's learned behavior and we're like just taught to doubt ourselves. So my clients always struggle with indecision. And when I've taken them through this, I love that you were already imagining like, what kind of bag does she have? Cause I have them go through all the details. Like, what does she look like? What does she act like? What's her vibe like? And I also love that you just shared with us what she said, because that's usually her response. It's not ever like, do this. And then you're going to do this, this, and that like very rarely is she giving us an action plan. She's literally yeah. giving us permission to make a decision, knowing that nothing bad is going to happen regardless of the damn decision that we make. This is what I mean by like Erica has helped me in my journey of like really tapping into my own, not only intuition, but like really grounding me. I feel like our relationship the role that you've played in my, in our friendship since the beginning has really like helped ground me. Cause I'm, you know, when you were talking about, I thought it was so interesting when you were saying that we're all different. Right. And when you're learning to trust your intuition or like really kind of figure out like what happens to your body or what do you do to like tap into your intuition and it could look different for everyone. The fact that you said like, oh, like when I'm not getting sleep, right? Like that's kind of a kind of a trigger for you that like, huh, there's something that like I need to make a decision on or, or you know, there, something's happening there. And I I found that so interesting because one, that takes so much awareness to like even know your thing. And it had me exploring like, what do I do? Like when I'm overwhelmed or when I need to make a decision or whatever that case is. And I'm actually a person who, I mean, the name of my first podcast is follow that fear. So like, I actually will dive into something. I'm more, I just like to go quick because I like to learn the lesson fast. And mm-hmm. I like, I, I think I've struggled with like, actually, tr- I, I don't want to say struggled. I've, I've never really even considered that there are some things that maybe I shouldn't do or that my body is like telling me not to do because I like to go fast and I kind of like, like to skip through that part and just be like, fuck it. We'll see. Um, and sometimes I've worked myself to death, like because of me not taking a moment to just feel what my body was telling me or even ask myself, right? Like it doesn't have to be this whole ordeal. It could just be a question that you ask yourself. And I just think that's so interesting. And now I feel like I want to really take tabs on like what is it like what kind of happens what should what can I learn about myself in terms of actual like physical triggers that are showing me that like there's a that my intuition is kind of pushing me to do something and I'm not listening um instead of just diving into it I think uh, one more question I have for you I want to ask you how do you handle and maybe you've handled it in the past. I I mean, I'm sure you handle it now too, but I think as we've grown as entrepreneurs, we get better and better at it and just grow as humans. But do you ever deal with the like insecurity, maybe even shame or maybe even um, 
like when you make that decision and you're feeling really vulnerable and you can kind of start having like these negative thoughts or like very, like just having shame around them. Like for example, we talked about this on the podcast, the other episode we did together on your show. Um, but like about quitting your job, right? Like that was a huge decision that like the after effect, (laughs) there's a lot of drama after you quit your job. Like, it's not just, you make your decision. You have to like convince yourself that it was okay and safe to do that. How do you handle that? Like, how do you handle the possible shame or the, the insecurity that comes with following your intuition? Yeah, I remember, and I we briefly talked about this in the other episode, but I remember I literally prayed for them to lay me off because then I wouldn't have to make the decision. <laughs> and then, and then Kat ended up getting this like severance package that you negotiated, right? But like things kind of fell into place. And I was like, okay, if it happened for Kat, it can happen for me too. And then it just like wasn't happening. And I was like, shit, I'm going to have to actually make the decision. And like, I didn't want to do that. Like I literally, my prayers were may they lay my ass off so I can collect unemployment and I don't have to worry about this and I could go work on this other thing. And I was like, that would be ideal, but that didn't happen. And I had to make the damn decision. And then, you know, I think everyone thinks that you may, you know, you finally quit your job and it's like, woo, and it's like all just so exciting. And then it is for like the first week and you that overwork yourself. And then you get to the second week and you're like, oh shit, nobody's going to tell me what to do. How do I like organize my days? This is very different than corporate. Am I, you know, then the fear comes in. Yeah. And I think, um, especially living at my mom's house because I, I moved back into my mom's house in order. And that was all part of the bigger picture, right? I was like, I'm not going to be evicted if I can't pay rent. I have money saved up. Like it was, I, I was thinking about it in a very responsible way, but I think being at home and then my mom's own fears being imposed on me made it even worse. So then I'm thinking like, yep, my mom's building a house in Mexico for her retirement. If she needs my financial support, I can't give it to her because what if I need her financial support? So there was a lot of shame, a lot of shame. But here's what I guide my clients through and what I guide myself through now. It's so easy. (laughs) I ask myself, what's the worst thing that can happen? And I like the answer was, I wouldn't make money and I could go back to tech. Like, that's it. In other words, I was already in the worst place possible just a few weeks ago. Like, that was already it. So if this is the worst it could get, why not go try it? And, you know, I think the, yes, I, I did feel shame when I, like, didn't make as much money as I thought right away. But I I think when you have such a big vision you just, you're going to be unhappier staying in your comfort zone than you are going after it, even with the shame. A hundred percent. And I think like, I, I, I really want people to take that question of like, what is the worst that can happen and take it very seriously, like write down what is the worst things, what are the worst things that can happen because I think I think a lot of people have heard that and they're like, well, you know, like they'll skip through the answers. Like, well, I guess the worst thing that could happen is this. Okay, whatever, whatever. And like, you'll just like, I don't know. I, I've been that person where I'm just like, okay, yeah, but, right? Okay, yeah, but. But like, I really want you to consider what's the worst thing that can happen if you decide to do an IG live or what's the mm-hmm. worst thing that can happen if you 
um, if you launch a new program and no one buys, right? Like what's the worst that thing that could happen if you quit your job or if you take on a part-time job to like whatever, right? Like I don't know what your decision-making is, but I really want you to consider that like what Erica just said and consider it seriously because when you really look at that answer, and I know we talked about this on the episode that we did on your show, but when you really look at that answer, like, like you just said, I'll just go back to where I was. I'll just go back to what I was doing. And same for me, like when I'm making, um, I mean, the last big decision I made was this group program and, Oh, stop. I, I think a big one for me was um, not taking one-on-ones anymore. I did I did that for so long and I was really attached to the money that goes along with one-on-one coaching and deciding to like completely stop it, which was for very good reason, right? Like I'm pregnant. It made a lot of sense on paper, but I still had so much fear about it. And I was like, what if I only make this much money? What if I only do, you know, what if this happens? And really asking myself like, okay, if this happens, what's the worst that can happen? Well, the worst that can happen is this or that or that. Am I willing to like go through that for this next level of my business? Am I willing to feel FOMO, right? Like, am I willing to feel any emotions that also come with that? Mm -hmm. I think it's just so important that we explore that in our own minds and not just skip through these kind of questions. Yeah. And I think when we get into things like self-coaching or law of attraction or like positive psychology, like the idea of thinking about the worst thing that can happen seems like not the right thing to do. But I actually would argue that it's going to help keep you a lot calmer. If you ask yourself, what's the worst thing that can happen? And in the event that the worst case scenario occurred, let me create a little bit of a plan so I know how I'm going to have my own back if that happens. So like, let's say nobody signs up for my group program. What am I going to do after? Okay, well, I'm going to write down everything I learned from this launch. I'm going to go get a massage with my best friend and I'm going to spend 30 minutes crying, right? Like literally give yourself a game plan. And because a lot of times the fear of failure is worse than failure itself, right? The fear of what could happen is worse than it actually happening, When it happens, it's actually not that big of a deal. So even if you could give yourself a little game plan, then you feel supported because you're like, oh, well, if that happens, we already have a plan. And it helps regulate your nervous system. And it helps you not keep thinking about it. Because every time you think about it, you're like, oh, well, if that happens, we know what we're doing already. Like there's a process there, right? Which is something that I think occurs. You know, it's so interesting that you and I started in tech because as I get further along in my business, I've been thinking a lot about um, how things that are used in tech actually can be transferred over to our business so much. Like, for example, um, you know, there's always a, a plan for a red alert or something that happens in technology. Like they always have a plan. And I'm like, oh, yeah, like I could do that with my business, too. But the other thing I'm totally going on a tangent here. Um, In technology, there's something called a minimum viable product, which is essentially like what's the most basic version of this product so we can take it to market to see if it works. And that's exactly what we did with our coaching businesses. That's why we didn't have a website yet. That's why we didn't have all these things because imagine, and I did do this. I went to go create a whole ass website for a food blog and guess what? I didn't use it after a year. What a waste of time. I could have just started on like I mean, it all served its purpose, but this is why when I, like my clients come to me now, I'm like, you just need the minimum viable like service, minimum of everything, because you don't know what's going to change, 
right? So like, there's so many things from tech that we can bring over. A hundred percent. such a tangent. No, 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 no. I remember. So one thing I definitely took from the tech company I worked for, um, they were all about like, God, it used to be a mantra, but it was a mantra for like a lot of tech companies. It was like, ask for permission later. I forget what was before that, but like the tech company I worked for, they were all about like, just make the decision and ask for permission later. And, yeah. and that so was like, or is it like, it's better to ask for, per, for forgiveness than permission. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's better to ask for forgiveness than permission. And also a big one I took away was like our entire mantra for everything, every system we put together, every process we put together in every single department was test and learn. You test and learn, you test yeah. and learn. Okay. And like, that's literally business yeah. in general. Like you test and you learn and you course correct and then you test and you learn. And when, when I actually put my mind back in like what that looked like in tech and look, if you don't work in tech, it might look a little bit different for like giant corporations, I mean, not even because I actually worked for a really big, like big, 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 big business, but it was a big tech company. But like all businesses, like they start when you start any business, right? Like you can start a fucking coffee, coffee house. You can open that and like, you're still going to learn. You're still going to still going to have to learn how to make a good freaking latte. And you're still going to learn have to learn how to make sure everybody, every barista that works for you knows how to make that perfect cup of coffee. And there will be mistakes and people will make it wrong. And and customers will be upset. Say, this doesn't taste like the last latte I had. Why? And mm-hmm. that is your job to fix. You test and learn. And like, that will never end in your business. It will never end. Erica and I do this all the time. We're always looking at our businesses and figuring out like, okay, that didn't work. This worked. Maybe I should take a break. Maybe I should redo my videos. Maybe I should blah, 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 blah. Like the list goes on. But like test and learn is something I took away from my tech company that like always rings back true to me because I mean, this is business. Totally. Totally. Yeah. There was a couple things I wrote down because I didn't want to forget, but you were talking about learning to like listen to your physical cues for connecting to your intuition. And I'm going to sound like a broken record here, but journaling is actually a great way to do that. So let's say that you had to make this decision and you made a decision and then you felt like, oh, cool. I actually trusted my intuition. Can you like recall and take notes with like, okay, when I made this decision, I remember thinking these thoughts. I remember feeling this way. I remember, you know, carrying myself in this way. And then also whenever you make a decision that maybe you feel like you didn't trust your intuition, can you write down like, what was, what was I going through that week? Was I sleeping well? What was my eating habit like? Did I just distract? Like what was going on in my physical body and in my, my environment? And that is how you can also Because when you're in the moment, it's kind of hard to tell. So how can you think back to decisions that you've made and take notes on what was going on? And that's a great way to listen. And then I know earlier I said that we were going to talk about the difference between fear and your intuition, because a lot of times people are like, how do I know if this is like if I'm just scared or if this is my intuition telling me to go do something or telling me not to do something? So your intuition is always going to speak to you through your higher self. It's always going to be like, ah, this seems like a good idea. Let's do that. Like your intuition is never going to tell you, don't do that. People might feel this way about us. And like your intuition never speaks to you in that way. It more gives you 
the nudge towards where you, where you should go. It doesn't scare you regarding where you shouldn't go. So I know that that wasn't super clear. So let me give you an easier way of like, how do you differentiate fear versus intuition? Identify what kind of thought you're having. So like take yourself through the self-coaching model, identify what thought you're having. If the thought is something along the lines of what if I fail, that shit is fear. If the thought is something along the lines of I'm excited, but I'm also afraid, that's more your intuition. Like you should totally follow that. And if it's, if essentially, if the thought is something that is uplifting, that's your intuition. If the thought is something that is literally just trying to hold you back and self-sabotage, then that's fear. A hundred, a hundred percent. I wanted to touch on one thing you actually just said of, you didn't say it like this, but basically like you were talking about like really understanding the physical things that are happening when you're trusting your intuition or like when like auditing, like what actions you've taken, how you felt during that time that you felt expansive, um, all of those things. And it brought me back to the last, I remember when, let's see, I remember when I hit multiple six figures in my business and my brain, and I was prepping for this, this mastermind that now I'm in the middle of the mastermind, but at the time it was just an idea and it was just a thought. And I, I remember it was so funny. I started the new year and my brain was filled with like, now that I'm a 200, it's so silly. Now that I'm a 200 K coach, I need to market this way and I need to be more professional here and I need to do things this way and that way. And my brain literally, it felt like it like reverted back to the beginning of my business and I was so mm-hmm. stuck on perfection again. And I was like, no, 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 no. People at my level do this. People at my level do that. And then if those things didn't get done or if, you know, if if whatever didn't happen or like whatever decision I made, if it didn't have the results I wanted, I would go back to myself and be like, why? Like, what's the problem here? And the honest truth was that I, what worked for me is going back to what worked on what made me that 200K. And for me, looking back, it felt like, the whole, you know, that whole year, I gave myself all the permission to be imperfect. I gave myself all the permission to just trust my instincts. And it it was like, now that I'm in this new level, like it, it doesn't work this way. It needs to be planned content. It needs to be more thoughtful. It needs to be this and this and that. And the truth is that like, no, I had to literally revert to trusting myself again and telling myself, no, 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 the way I'm going to get to 500K is really believing this stuff again about myself, taking it one step forward. And what I learned during this process is that like, we've evolved. Like what, what freedom looked like when I wasn't making money in my business, but made maybe my first 10K or 20K in my business, what freedom looked like then, although it feels the same as the way I feel now, I'm different. I'm more wise. I'm more experienced. I think about things differently. I trust myself deeper that my content actually changes, but it it, it feels the same and it still feels just as imperfect. So that just made me think of that because I remember, God, really going down this hole of like perfection at a new level. 
Yeah. And perfection still comes up for me like all the time because I canceled my group program in the summer. And if I had gone through with my group program, I would have hit 500K in my business. So my ego was like, you could have been running a half a million dollar company, but you decided to go to Portugal and live your life instead. Who do you think you are? And then like the the thoughts, you know, I've worked so hard at not changing my mom, but I've worked so hard at changing myself that my mom has really began to see my own evolution. And now she's like, I think I want a Prada bag now. Well, before she would just like talk shit about it. So I'm not like forcing her to change, but I think just by seeing me live the life that I'm living, it's, it's uh, kind of breaking her own thoughts. But in that moment, I literally reverted to like my mom telling me like, you have to work hard in order to make money. This is why you shouldn't go out that much. Like, you know, your business is suffering because you weren't here. You were over there distracted. And it's like, okay, but what did I gain from that experience of being gone for a month? And then so with the perfectionism thing, yeah, like that stuff creeps back in because now I'm like, okay, well, I took a month off. So like now what am I going to do? And it's like, I'm going to keep fucking living my life. What do I mean? What am I going to do? But of course, my journals over here, literally like one of the thoughts I wrote down that I should totally share because I think people just look at us and they assume we have all our stuff together. Literally like hear this unintentional thought. What if I end up broke and alone and everything <laughs> and everything I've created goes away? Dude, I still think those thoughts too. I'm like, fuck, like it it doesn't go away, y'all. It doesn't go away. And I just like for those of you listening, feeling like you're the only one having these problems and you're the only one that you know, didn't have a successful launch or you're the only one that didn't meet their goal or you're the only one that's leaving money on the table. It's not true. Like, it's just not true. And like the levels that you're learning this, these lessons now, like the, the more you can practice trusting yourself at your level and your chapter and your journey, the more equipped you will be when you are making those decisions or, trusting yourself at new levels. I'm thinking of one specific client. We were talking about leaving money on the table and saying no to clients who like weren't willing to like pay the her, her service, the, the amount of money that she charges. And, you know, it's so funny. Like I was telling her like, yeah, you're, you absolutely are going to risk leaving money on the table and like telling people like, no, I'm sorry, this is my price and whatever. And that's leaving like at her price, it's like around $2,000 on the table. But at our levels, like we're leaving tens of thousands of dollars on the table. And sometimes we're doing that just because we want to, and because we're choosing ourselves in our life and our happiness. And like, yep, that kind of shit, like, like, look, let me tell y'all listening to this, like, that is a whole different level of scary. But the reason we've been able to make these decisions for our lives and for our, you know, in our businesses of leaving money on the table. And I'm just using that as an example. It could be anything, but the reason we are more well-equipped to do that is because we've had to work through all the rejection, all the no's, the, the clients that said no to our program, the sales calls we didn't end up converting. Like we had to feel all those emotions and learn that we're safe regardless. And now the decisions are, you know, they're much larger, but we are more experienced and we know that like 
we know how to create money and this is temporary and we're going to be more well-equipped for this. I always think about Stacy Bayman, who is my business coach and mentor. She mentioned on like one past call before that, like she does 10 million, right? Like in, in, in cash in her business. And she always says, she's like, look, there are million dollar business owners who literally have a very hard time taking vacation, like a very hard time stepping away from their business. And there are different ways that you can run your business. And I mean, not to toot our own horn, but I know that you and me, the way we're growing our businesses is one that is going to allow us to really create a life that we love and a life that allows us to step away from our business without shaming ourselves and without beating ourselves up and learning that skill. And this is like definitely a tangent, but learning that skill is something that I, I'm so proud that we do, we're doing it this way because we're fine. Like we, we don't post for a day or two. It's like not a big deal to us. Yeah. Um, and of course, like, you know, we'll get hop right back on, but it's, you know, you, you could just, you, there are the lessons that we learn in our business. They're always prepping us for the next level. A hundred percent. Anything you want to add? You, um, yeah, like I I think just to your point about the way that we're building our business, like that's the whole reason we started businesses. We started these businesses so that you can be home with your sons, right? We, I started my business so that I can work from anywhere. And when I'm ready to have a family that I could be there for my family. So like this was all on purpose. And then here I was like shaming myself. And of course now I'm not, but like just to show that like, I don't get to skip being human. Like I'm still going to deal with that stuff, but we get so much better at dealing with it. And I didn't stay in that energy forever. I mean, like that was like, I literally took myself through that model and I was like, I kind of laughed at it. I was like, wow, look at that. (laughs) How extreme that thought was. And then I like moved on and it was fine. (laughs) A hundred, a hundred percent. Erica, I love you. I am so, so grateful for our friendship and just the, just having you in my life. And I'm really, really, really happy and honored that you were on the show and that my audience got to experience like your words and your wisdom, because it's, 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 it's just such, you make such an impact wherever you go. So thank you for being on the show. I appreciate you. I know we could talk forever, We can, um, I know. <laughs> but let's wrap this up. So tell everyone a little bit about who you serve and where people can find you and also about courage driven Latinas. Yeah. So it is an honor to be on this show, Kat. Literally, every time you and I talk, we could literally talk forever. <laughs> so um, I'm so excited to be back on the show. Um, actually, it's the first time that I've been on the show since the rebrand. So um super excited to, to be here. And so, yeah, I am a life coach focused on Latinas. I also do some speaking engagements, and I also really love creating content. So I always like to joke, like the one thing I do is create content. And then through content creation is where I find speaking engagements, find brand deals. And that's where my clients find me. So that's literally the one thing I do. I just create good content and I focus on anything between like immigrants or first gen Latinas who are looking to do something courageous. So Courage Driven Latina is a group program that was built, inspired by my own story of calling off an engagement, leaving behind a six-figure tech job and going down 
the road that was the road less traveled for lack of a better word. So it was very lonely. It was very scary, but it was very courageous and it was very much worth it. Right. And I think as Latinas, there's so many beautiful things about being Latinas where we're family oriented. We care about giving back to our community and there's so many helpful things, but there's also certain things that are not helpful. So for example, like you have to get married and have kids. You have to do, um, be the one that cooks at home. You have to work really hard in order to make money. Um, just like work hard, keep your head down and somebody will notice like those thoughts do not serve us at all. So what my program is really looking to do is helping people identify what they want to do and then giving them the support system and my courage framework so that they could go after what they actually want to do. That is amazing. And look, I know so many people who've been through the, your program and they speak so freaking highly of it. And you've I've seen the transformation myself with so many of your clients and like how much they like how much that you grow when you bet on yourself and how much you grow when you start surrounding yourself with community of people who are doing brave shit. So I am just such a fan. I honestly wish all of my cousins and theas and like I just want everyone to like every Latina I know to be a part of this program I actually told my um I was at the hospital and I told the medical assistant about your program because she she was like she like sells these candies and I was telling her I'm a life coach and I told her about your program and I was like you should totally look her up da 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 da, da. I just really really believe in it so Thank you for being here. I love you so much. And y'all, go out there. Trust yourself and practice everything that Erica talked about, okay? We'll see you later. Hey, amiga. If you are not on my email list, you are missing out on some juicy content. I share sales and marketing tips every single week. Plus, you're the first to know about new freebies and webinars and all the other things fun happening. To get on the list, sign up for my free training, How to Sell Out Four Figure Offers. This training will also shift your mindset around what it really takes to book out your coaching business. So sign up in the show notes or on my website, katdalcarmen.com to be added to the email list. I will see you next time. Mwah.